Alrighty, Creekcast here. Welcome to the latest episode. Thank you for listening. As always, this is David here. Ready to chat a little bit of Port Adelaide footy for you on the podcast waves. Um, it's been a big day here in Australia. Obviously, the AFL men's grand final has just taken place. Um, not exactly the most exciting game, but congrats to the Geelong Cats for getting the job done. Um, but that's about as far as we'll go into that. Uh, just look forward to hopefully being there in the next few years ourselves, obviously, in the men's competition. But um, yeah, we've we'll, uh, got a bit to get through today. Um, Recording this on Saturday, the 24th of September, obviously, grand final day uh, later in the evening. I'm going to finally get into talking about um, a big historic first um, for our club. I've been, um, you know, really talking about the importance of first and really embracing the moment and enjoying this um, historical journey that our inaugurals in the AFLW competition are going on. And we got a massive first win last weekend at Alberton over the Sydney Swans, a fellow newcomer to the competition. Um, we were down there. Uh, it was incredible to be down there, a part of it. Um, <laughs> you know, adverse weather aside and all that stuff. It's just part of a part of being a fan of sports um, and live sports. Wherever you are in the world, uh, the weather's not always going to be sunshine and daisies as far as um, being perfect for a punter out on the sitting on the sidelines. But, um, you know, results is what makes um, a day great or not. And uh, luckily last weekend was an incredible result, an incredible performance for our ladies as we build into this season. And... Um, show that despite being a new team um there's a lot to love about what we're doing and um and a separation from you know some of the the clubs that are more struggling in this competition at the moment there's mitigating factors for them too and i'll get into that as i get into it a little bit more in a bit but um you know certainly that there is a lot of hope and a lot of good stuff going forward with our team that you know whether or not this year will be the year but we're very you know we're building to something and being um a pretty i mean we're already a competitive side and and making haven't made it easy on anyone yet and uh and you know the journey towards being one of the elite sides in the competition um is pretty is really on track already and um and some exciting youngsters mixed in with the um the experience uh in the side um is really um, great to see and and really was on song last week as we absolutely demolished uh sydney on Aberdeen oval um so you know lots to talk about there just the memories of being there on that day as well as i said i keep saying keep remembering where you are and just enjoy it and embrace the moment and um and really lock that memory into your memory bank so you can call back on it and um, and really just, uh, you know, sitting around with a beer in a few years and think about that first win and all that stuff is going to be a fun thing for us as we as we remember all those memories from our um, AFL men's side coming into the national competition all those years ago as well, those first wins, those first finals, and of course that first grand final win as well. All those things are things we sit around the fire or, the you know, the front bar at our local or... You know, you know the back, you know your back porch with a friend and beers. Uh, you know Friday knockoffs or something, and you just reminisce and go, "God, how good was it back then when we, you know, that first win and that first finals win, that first grand final win." Well, we're on that journey with our AFL women now, and um, it's wonderful and certainly something I'm locking away in the memory bank already is a win like that and just how fun it was and how dominant it was and and lots of lots of fun new you know the experienced heads like Aaron Phillips was really heavily uh, involved in a lot of the scoring on the day but um it was, it was some of our young stars that really are shining and and giving us the hope for the future as well beyond um these these recruits with you know you know the 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 aging demographic of our list obviously the, the age of Aaron, Aaron Phillips is something that we we know was coming coming in was um you know she's not going to be here in 10 years um that's just fact um although you know be happy for her to defy the laws of um sports physics i guess but um you know all, all going all going as we expect um it's the likes of um 
you know, the Hannah Ewings and the Darricks and the co, um, our rising star nominees so far this year that we, we look to being in the Aaron Phillips position in 10 years. So, um, yeah, it was wonderful to see those kind of, and but just the mix across the board. Um, Aaron Phillips, I think, was five goal involvements. Um, you know, Henny Ewings with the three goals and nine clearances in a game. Never been done at AFLW level, not just at her age, but in any game in AFLW. Um, so that's one thing, put that tweet out. Um, so she's breaking she's breaking the mold in her fourth game, you know, and, you know, so many to look forward to. And even, you know, um, Yaz Dersma's come in for her first couple of games, and I really enjoyed her game. Um, really wise beyond a, you know, years and um, top-level footy experience, but maybe that's just coming from a family of um, just, you know, the Dersma family, obviously. Uh, lots of talent there, and the younger Dersma boys that aren't even in the system. You know, we know Xavier already, but um, you know they're all. It's just a talented footy family. You can just see the her kicking and her ball use and her um, you know her uh, ability around the ground as far as knowing where to be. You know, it's footy now in not in being proactive, not reactive, and you see a lot of that in Yaz Dersma's game already. And so these young ones coming through. You know, her second game, her first game at Albert Noble, she was really useful. Even if not in the absolute, bet, you know, the top five players on the field, she was just—you could just see her game, complementing everyone else's and everyone getting used to each other as well. I um, mean, you know, Britt Perry came in for her first game. It was, um, you know, it, it, well, there's depth there and and stuff like that. So it's really good to see. So lots of fun stuff out of that game. I know I, start, I was kind of starting this podcast with a uh, to be a, a preface to everything I was talking about. I've half got into it already, but you know, that's the excitement for it. So um, yeah, anyway. We've got that to talk about um, as a review. I know I'm getting to it late. You know that's, that result was a week ago today. Um, again, I'm just getting one episode out a week at the moment. It's just the way the way it is this year. Um, but yeah, I'll uh, we'll talk about that and then we'll um, have a quick look at what what's going on for tomorrow for our ladies um, heading up to the Gold Coast um, and just a, a bit of the news out of the AFL men's um, this week as well. So we'll get into it in a moment. Alrighty, so yes, last weekend at um, Albert and Oval, it was Saturday, it was a, a early uh, Saturday afternoon game for our ladies against Sydney, um, still looking to chalk up our first win on that day, uh, Aaron Phillips 50th, it was an occasion, obviously a second home game since we came in, so the, the you know, the, the energy and excitement for the first home game, that that historical moment had passed, um, but there's still a strong crowd, I think it was 2700 or so, we're in on what was a pretty shit day for weather, <laughs> it has to be said. Um, when we got there, it actually wasn't too bad. We drove down early again, got in, um, got into the store um, before they, you know, kicked everyone out to again get them to line up and ticket ticket their way in. Um, the missus uh, got herself uh, the Indigenous Guernsey, which looked great on the field, and obviously it looks great close up. Um, absolutely knocked these kits out of the park this year. The um, the cotton on and um, AFLW port kits are really, really, really strong and striking. And I have to say, for anyone looking, um, the port store, um, I, know, I don't know what the range is available online, but I know in store um, there is, uh, you know, there's there's kids and and the range of women's sizes as well. So the only thing, obviously, they don't have men's range of sizes. I've I've have seen some people. Um, I still haven't got the the um, courage to try one on myself and see if I can fit into one of the women's ones to see if they they can fit as a as a thing for me as a fan to wear. But I know I've seen some blokes uh, that are um, have worn them and and you know they look good. So you know there's a range of sizes obviously in the women range, but then um, I know people are wondering about kids, and that's one of the most important things I think is to see um, kids and um, young boys and girls alike to be able to um, you know support their FLW port. Um, you know, players in in, the, in that way and enjoy and, and be able to represent them with a kit. So there's the range of sizes there of the 
Um, I assume the Indigenous ones are available until they sell out, and obviously the home and away. And the away's, the teal away's are in there now as well. So full range available in the store there. Not, this isn't obviously sponsored. I'm just saying, get in there as a fan if you want to get around one. And, um, you know, if anyone overseas is looking for one or, um, you know, let me know and I'll, I'll help out. I can play middleman for you if you're looking for something. And, um, yeah, so um, anyway, that aside, uh, you know, got into the ground. Still line up, you know, line up to get in. The energy was there. Um, got in and um, it was actually sunny when we first walked in. And uh, we sat down on just, just to the left of the um, the, uh, for, uh, the the Quinn stand, the, you know, where the precinct is and all that now sat down on a bench there and thought, oh, maybe we'll watch from here. But I was just looking at the clouds and thinking, fuck, it's one of those days uh, where it looks like it could be just, you know, it could be one of those days, like the first game, actually. The first time game was sunny for a period and then just a rain shower would come through and it was just off and on weird late winter, early spring weather that we're having. It's been in a particular, particularly damp winter here as well. So um, just become accustomed to having to deal with uh, rain showers and squalls coming through. So, um yeah, I, I made the decision to, um, uh, said to Mrs. She, she'd had a little gin from the, I mentioned on one of the previous episodes that we've got the, um, the great, um, people from the Never Never Gin Distillery, um, on board as one of the women's sponsors, um, and they've got their Never Never Gin, uh, marquee on the outer there, um, just to the, just in kind of front of the Alan Scott headquarters there, and between the headquarters and, uh, the Dad's Army Bar and stuff there, um, set up there, a little bit undercover, chairs and stuff, really nice set up there, so, um, I'd actually wandered across the borders of gin, wandered back and said, lots of tables there. We, we, you know, some of the first ones into the, the ground there an hour and a half before, before first bounce said, you know, I reckon just to cover our asses with, um, uh, potential weather, let's wander over and just grab a seat and, um, settle into the gin marquee for the afternoon. So, uh, made that decision and it came, th- came, came to be a very, very wise decision as, uh, we had a table there as one of the first ones in there and then right at the point that the ladies were running out onto the field for the start of the game absolutely pissed down with rain and uh and just pouring off of the the top of the marquee people are diving in there to grab some undercover and we were in there already so um i got some brownie points uh from the wife of that one she said that was this was a good decision well done um which you know it's always nice to hear from your better half <laughs> um as opposed to um the questioning of the decisions that um I often make so <laughs> that was good and um enjoyed a couple I just had the one gin and then I went on to the pirate life point nines since I was driving which um actually really good to have a uh, a 0.9% um you know decent tasting beer available um for someone like me who's driving who still just likes to have a frothy in hand and um enjoy you know i'm not always drinking you know i do actually genuinely like to have the flavor of beer while i'm watching a footy game but i don't want to get pissed you know so having a point nine a couple of those while um missus enjoyed a couple of gins and uh, we had a friend join us as well um she had bought her a couple of gins as well and just enjoyed the spectacle that was an incredible day of port footy and and what an incredible day of port footy it was um something i've been saying a lot as well i've you know talked through the first few games of Port Adelaide AFLW footy is that, um, you know, you can really see um, this is a side that has a lot of talent, a lot of skill, all those things. We've been talking about, you know, the West Coast game was really close. You know, it looked like we could, you know, going into the fourth quarter of that game, we were ahead by a couple of goals and it just felt like a few bounces here and a few less umpire whistles there. Um, A result was on the cards there. Western Bulldogs, probably the one game where we've probably been well and truly dominated across most of the four quarters. But we had periods there, where, and th- we, they found it hard to get. The, they had to really, you know, 
battle to get you know put the result beyond doubt in that fourth quarter of that one um you know this, again none of, none of this is me so making excuses or anything like that footy's footy um you some and you, there is reasons you lose every game occasionally it'll be you know a real bad luck with an umpiring decision you know we'll look back at finals like the um prelim in 2020 and the deliberate out of bounds and all those things but um you know generally across footy um you know i'm not i'm not gonna not making excuses is my point but the context of games is never purely binary in the sense of win loss you lost badly you lost you know it's you can take context of what your team is doing out of every win or loss and say how bad of a loss it was how good of a win it was or anything in between and you know the west coast loss was frustrating but it was there was a lot of good signs to that loss it wasn't you know devastating the western borders loss was a little bit worse because we could see a little bit more of the deficiencies in our side but again some of the pros in how we're playing so the deficiencies in our side from western border game you go back and listen to me talk about it more at length but essentially you know our height and just our contestability we just lost in a few key areas there but um our intent at the footy and our, you know our our hunger for the footy was it was just that we were just beaten by a better side but there were still signs there but again a little bit worse than the signs against west coast where i think we legitimately could have won that game on a different day whereas that western border game i think you, you play it a hundred times you're probably losing 90 if you're taking that same team the same situation it's every game because we're just the newer team in that situation um carlton we were unlucky again but um you know again deficiencies uh in the side that we are as a new side we're there so it's it, it, again a, an honorable draw <laughs> but um we go into the sydney one and we see and so again the sydney win is a really really fucking good win um in the sense of we see how much better we are compared to the worst of the competition and now i'm going to say the worst of the competition by also adding the caveat that sydney are obviously a new side as well um the aflw competition is interesting they're recruiting and stuff and we know this from drafting is the way it's been done is that players can nominate which state they want to be drafted to so sydney has got the the um hard task of their building up from a, a state that isn't as footy rich and talent pulled deep so they've got you know, they've, they've, you know we, we've recruited well, as obviously, with who we've picked up from other sides, but we've been able to use... And it's a compliment to our club and our history is that we've got the club and the history and the basis of, you know, being able to grab Aaron Phillips because of the family connection and, and, and other players coming for that as well. Gemma Houghton was a Port fan, you know, things like that. Um, and, you know, Sydney's recruited as well, but then their drafting was coming from, you know, they their player, you know, Henny Ewings was available to us at the number three pick and she's in you know obviously showing that she's potentially could be one of the best players in the competition and she already she's up there now and in a few years could be one of the genuinely the best player in the competition kind of level that we're seeing at the moment um so we just we drafted from a better talent pool picked up and we just and we did a really good job with our list management so i'm trying to say that while i'm trying to basically say look there's mitigating factors to sydney they're going to take a few years to um, you know, th- this is all going to be good for their squad um, as far as, you know, it's a real baptism of fire areas, I guess. Um, so I'm trying to have the context that Sydney are a team that unfortunately are just not great at the moment. They had a heartbreaking loss yesterday. I think Hawth- so Hawthorne and them uh, were two of the last teams that didn't have a win in the competition yet and Hawthorne got over the line just. Um, and so Sydney are still winless and, and really struggling at the moment. And so unfortunately, you know, just it's just unfortunate for them where they are but 
So I'm saying that, and you might sit there and go, oh, well, you're trying to downplay what we're doing, what we did last week. Now, the plus side of that is if you're a decent or a good footy team, if there's a team that's struggling like that, you make them, you really make it count. You you play a game, uh, you win big. And, you know, we say this in AFL men's all the time. You know, you want to... You want to put away put away a bad team. Obviously, percentage is always an important thing in um, AFL footy. Ladder position can sometimes it can be a good percentage can at, be an extra game win essentially on your record. Uh, it could be the the decider between top four and and bottom four stuff like that. So you put away a bad team when you can if you're a good team, and that's what I think the context of this one is for us. Um, as a win, there's 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 various factors to it. Again, like I said, Sydney, we can't go into it thinking we just beat Sydney by 10 goals. Um, we must be one of the best sides in the competition. We're not quite there yet because obviously the mitigating factor of where Sydney are at is a part of that. But it's also, also a part of it is if we weren't a good team, we wouldn't have beaten Sydney by that much either. Maybe it would have been a four or five goal win, just a comfortable grind. But considering the conditions, uh, fucking... You know, windy as shit, uh, real wet weather footy. Uh, we, we were clean. Um, consi- again, considering the conditions, really uh, handled the ball well. Um, clean skills. And you could really see a build in the confidence and the understanding between players um, with handball chains, um, how to work the way out of situations, you know, switching from the back, um, getting the little handball chains along the boundary, and, and moving the ball forward quickly. And there was a lot of, you know, outside run uh, utilized and, and, you know, quick one-twos and stuff like that. And a few of them still didn't come off. Um, we're still building that connection and understanding. But you could see players are starting to get used to each other's running patterns a little bit more. And unfortunately, again, Sydney being the team they are, it was a real good chance for our girls to exploit and really, really discover where they, you know, who they could be in each other. And, you know, we'd been building towards that anyway, especially the Carlton result was an unfortunate one. You know, that could have, should have been our first win, but, you know, just that's just what happened. But in this one, you could really see a lot of stuff come together. Um, I look at Aaron Phillips. You know, at Western Bulldogs game a few weeks ago, she took a few shots on, um, you know, ones, you know, was, she took a shot from outside 50 that just dropped, you know, a little bit more distance on it. Would have dropped, she would have kicked it. But um, you could see she was trying to maybe shoulder a little bit more, maybe take a little bit too much on in that Western Borders game. This one, she had a very similar shot, like similar distance away from goal. And I, I remember I was, we were eight, fucking six or seven goals up at this point. Anyway, I said, have a shot, Aaron, I said to myself, but um, and out loud probably to whoever around me was listening. Um, but um, you, she um, kind of saw a chance on forward and, and kicked it short. Now, I, I neglect, I can't remember who kicked it. It ended up in a goal anyway. And you could just see the trust from the likes of Aaron Phillips building, you know, five goal involvements. Um, she was involved in, she was heavily involved in a lot of the best things we were doing. Um, you know, that handball, that no-look handball um, to, to the score, you know, just stuff like that was, um, you know, you, you can see that just the exponential um, growth in our side and who we are and our identity and, and the trust within each other and and the just the gelling and the and the and the flow and all those things, the vibes, the vibes are good. And um, you, you could see that in, in this game and just how, just the likes of how much, you know, Aaron Phillips is getting, you know, because I think there was, there was one, you know, it was said after our first game, you know, it looked like, you know, Phillips wasn't one of our best to field in our first game in, on West Coast. She was there, but she just in and out and just a lot of disconnectivity between everyone. You just see so much more and you can see that it's just, I said this in a couple of the, uh, the earlier pods when we were losing and, and things were a little bit frustrating with the connectivity. It's, um, it's just game. T- you just need game time together, and with the such a shortened 
and um, a such shortened preseason, and then obviously coming into a competition where a lot of teams have been around for a few years, you're you're behind the eight ball again. But you can see that such is the great coaching. I'm I'm a really big fan of what Lauren Arnell was doing and the identity of that team because again, the hunger, the fucking tackling, fucking hell, the tackling in this game was unreal. Um, you know, Hannah Ewings and Abby Darrick, obviously, it's just. I think Derek had fucking 10-plus tackles in this game, and Ewings was absolutely crunching some players as well. And beyond that, those two had over 20 disposals each and were fucking kicking bombs from outside 50. So there's this identity and a buy-in from this team that um, everyone's role isn't... isn't No one's role is any bigger or smaller than any other. You're all expected to do the same job. So you got you got your good ball users and stuff that are going to be obviously um, doing their things, but they're also expected to, when they don't have the ball and there's an opportunity to win it back, um, don't go expecting anyone else to do it. If you're, if the job is there for you to do, do it and, um, and crunch those tackles and, and the likes of Ewings and Derek are doing it. Um, yeah, incredible, just incredible um, stuff from the side at the moment. And, uh, and just really seeing the build of, of these younger players, I mentioned Dersma coming in. You know, not not in the best best on field, but just playing a role, and 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 you can see that she's got some can really grow as a player in the side as well. Um, just a special mention to Ewings going back to her. Um, I know even before the season started, I was on her and I was saying, watch this, watch this, um, last. She's going to be fucking incredible and um, growing exponentially every game. Um, obviously got the Rising Star nom- nomination uh, last week. Um. Yeah, my my wife who um you know she's been around footy for a few years, but LA native kind of didn't um didn't realize like didn't understand how rising star nominations work exactly. She thought it was like a you can get votes each week, um and you know it would be great if it worked that way because I think Ewings would just run away with it. But um you know to get a rising star nomination so early and then add to back that up a week later with a performance like this is real real good resume building. We talk about that and you know. Heisman voting or MVP voting in in the US where it's it's based on not like a votes per week system or, you know you you kind of got to build a resume and the Heisman um, in college football is like that and you know you see and I, I like in Rising Star to that you get nominations but then it's it's your your body of work behind that um, and I see Ewing's you know backing up a Rising Star nomination with a performance like that you know breaking you know setting a new benchmark for you know, goal-scoring midfielders, you know, because she, she won, I remember just the first two clearances of the game was just Ewing's just getting in, she was right inside, grabbing the ball and, and hammering it forward, and I was like, fuck, this is starting well, and then obviously she gets on the ball, and, and great to see everyone get around her of that for that first goal, a bomb sign from outside 50, and then you could just see that confidence build, because she's had a few shots earlier, the last few weeks and just has missed, but you could just see that confidence and the way she gathers the ball and just runs, steamrolls towards the goals, you know, like real goal-scoring um, midfielder, um, brain, you know, just just it's just a great footy brain. Actually, it's just she, wherever she is on the field, she kind of has an understanding of where she is on the field and what that job, what the immediate job of her is required. Um, and you're really kind of seeing this now generation of players that are coming through with the AFLW competition, having been around for six years now. This generation of players like her, who are 19, so when AFLW started, you know, six years ago, she was you know 13 years old. She's just coming to her teenage years. And she gets in, and maybe she was playing footy before that, but now actually having a teenage years, having been following the AFLW in a footy system, coming into the competition years now, we're now seeing that generation of players come through, and Ewings is like right a part of that, you know, just a player ready now um, to take this competition by storm and um, and be a you know an absolute port champion for a long time, and you know setting a new bench, benchmark with nine clearances in a game alongside three goals. 
just the kind of stuff that you you dream of as a player and any you know if you if we're drafting if we had a 19 year old drafting in our AFL men's system doing stuff like that would be fucking salivating and so we'd get around it um you know and Dowrick having 24 24 disposals I think and um you know just just bulk tackles um really good um Olivia Levecki and Ruck um again her height's going to be an issue going forward this year it's just going to be something that depending on matchup teams but you know she um held her own the Ruck uh Perry coming in Britt Perry um Gold Coast recruit um her first game against Sydney um kicking a couple of goals and just just everyone getting involved and you can just see there's a real um team team unity here and something to really get excited about um one of my favorite players I have to say and you know it's not like um you know a gloating about um Ange Foley is anything you know we, we all know she's great but man being at a couple of games now and watching her play and just how she sets up behind the ball and really quarterbacks kind of the the hold in our forward 50 or or just you know stopping the forward play going forward into a you know opposition the opposition going forward you know she sets up and reads what's going on and just finds herself in a position to be able to mark and then send the ball back you know in an attacking way really big fan of Ange Foley's game and just her her uh her leadership of like that kind of de- more defensive line idea of our team is really really impressive. Um, Andy Taylor as well, but you know Ange Foley is just quickly becoming one of my favourites as well. Obviously, she's um, a long story career already as an AFLW player, but um, now seeing her as a Port Adelaide fan and watching what she does, I'm really impressed with her. So you know, and obviously Aaron Phillips, needless to say, fiftieth game. Um, I talked about her a lot in the preview uh, for this game as well um, just how um, trite it seems to be talking about a 50th game such as her um, lengthy international stardom sports legendary career that it is there isn't enough words and 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 things to say about what she's done but um, you know her 50th game to have I think it speaks to her professionalism and just what she is about that she obviously you know made it about wanted to, to be more about um the indigenous um celebration of indigenous culture in our in our country and um and rightly so as well but even just on game day and during the game um how much you know she wasn't you could see already like i said her thirst you know in that first couple of games she was probably trying to maybe you know without exactly understanding you know where everyone was at yet maybe trying to take on a little bit too much and um and all that stuff, but, um, you know, she's really, in this game, you could see her trust in her teammate. Everyone's trust in each other is just building so much, and Aaron in this game was just making everyone around her better, um, and bringing everyone up to her, the level that she's, the standard that she has set for this competition, um, and she was really building, and you can see everyone, everyone that plays with her is rising to that, and then, you know, they're, they're, become, they're finding themselves, you know, they've all got that talent within them, but playing with someone like an Aaron Phillips, um, and the standards she's set for this competition can make people realize that. And, you know, it's just it's just incredible to watch this team building every week. And I'm so proud as a Port fan to be watching it. And um, just being there and being a part of that. And I remember where I was in that Never Never Gin Marquee watching that first game, watching that first win. And then um, after the game, um, I'm sure people have seen the um, the social videos of it and whatever, you know, the girls singing the song in the middle of the, sta- middle of the field. Um, but what I loved was, um, you know, we all got around the fence and... Uh, as the girls were singing the crowd, you know, people started clapping along with it. And then we all started singing. You had the 22 and a half, you know, 3,000 people in Alberton singing the song with them in the middle of the field. And we were banging on the fence and big cheers afterwards. And you could just see how much they fucking got around it and and enjoyed it. And it was a special moment to be a part of. And it, you know, brought tingles up my spine. And, you know, I'll remember where I was when the siren went. Um, 
and my eyes were on Erin as well, and she, the the uh, you know two arms raised from Erin as the siren went. She realised she captain not only in a 50th game, but captain Port Adelaide to win um, her first win as Port Adelaide captain, but on Albert and Oval as well. Um, and I mentioned that this week as well on an Instagram post. I said, I just wonder what was going through her mind, um, the dreams that she's had growing up and now actually realising that dream. You know, it's not a premiership win at this point or anything like that. You know, she's done all that stuff, but it's the small moments sometimes in sporting careers as well. And this kind of moment just means so much more than premierships and and medallions and titles and stuff like that. It's captaining Port Adelaide to a win on Albert and Oval. I just thought about that when I saw her arms raised and... And yeah, I'll remember where I was uh, for forever now um, for that first win. And um, I think the 2,700 or so that were at Alberton in those trying conditions will have very similar memories as well. Um, so yeah, an incredible day to be a part of and I'm really proud to be a part of it and, and continue to be a part of it and talking about it. So um, yeah, thank you for listening to this part of it. I'm going to take a quick break and then we'll just talk about quickly, briefly going into tomorrow as we take on the Gold Coast Suns um, for our round uh, five matchup. Alrighty, so um, after a big first win, obviously, uh, we go into round five, halfway point of the season, um, up to the Gold Coast. Um, if you follow some of the players on socials, you're seeing they're enjoying the Gold Coast weather. Um, they've got the beaches and all that at the moment, probably a welcome change to some of the cold weather we've been having in SA over the past couple of months as they've gone into the season. But um, yeah, game up on the Gold Coast, and a Gold Coast team that are running at a... Uh, kind of similar clip to us they've had a couple they've had a pretty rough loss to Brisbane I think they lost but 11 goals to Brisbane a couple weeks ago had a couple of wins close wins and a couple of losses obviously so similar clip to us on the table just a win instead of a draw um so good test for our girls um to now having having the monkey off the back of um of getting that first win you know um is obviously just one of those things that uh there was pressure as well especially at home and all that stuff um, but uh, this is a team that now has that has that kind of that pressure off them. They know the winning feeling, and they know how to win big, and they know how to score, and they know how to have some fun on the field as well. So, to me, that's a really important thing, and um, something that we can go forward into this game. And um, a, a team again, a similar player and a similar level of footy, um, we can see where a really good test um, coming off the highs of the win and all that stuff. So. Um, yeah, Gold Coast are a team. Like I said, they're they're um, a couple of spots above us on the table, just purely based on um, based on where they're at, just with wins. Um, they're uh, they're up in eleventh. Uh, We're in fourteenth uh, with you know, our percentage, hundred and thirty six point one. Um, you know, we have a better percentage than a couple of teams in the top eight um, and and beyond. Basically, uh, percentage wise, we should be tenth. But um, well, you know, based on just, you know. We're only the only team out of the top nine, uh, outside the top nine, with a percentage above 100, and it's well above 100. Obviously, courtesy of a big win last week, but um, yeah, still, still kind of indicative of the fact that we've been playing some better footy than some of these sides. Um, like I said, Gold Coast had a pretty rough loss. We haven't had one of those yet. Um, I'm sure there's a humbling one coming at some point. Again, this is just sports; it's going to happen at some point. But um, yeah, again, it's a it's a good test against a side in a similar position, and. Um, we have one change for this this one. Um, Justin Mules, uh, Juzzy Mules, that wonderful laugh and just that infectious personality of Juzzy. She's one of my favourites already at the moment as well. She's coming in. Um, she missed last week, and uh, Jade DeMello is out for personal reasons. So, um, yeah, so just the one change to a side that um, really doesn't didn't really deserve any changes, um, obviously. But um, obviously, we've got some good players on the outer with Juzzy Mules, obviously. Um, but yeah, otherwise, um, a side that is in very, very good touch and, and really found some stuff last week. So 
Um, yeah, I really, again, like I said, um, as I said, I was going into the AFLW journey. I am learning a lot about other teams. I just don't know much about other teams, obviously, so I can't say too much about how I think we're going to match up playing styles and all that kind of stuff. But um, I just look at what we can do and what we've done so far, and we're a side that, um, you know, our identity as a side is very clear, um, tough, hard. Um, we don't let, you know, just one of the hardest tackling sides you'll ever see. I haven't seen, just the way we tackle is just incredible. Um, so we, we kind of set the pace as far as making it a tough slog in the sense of you're not going to get any goals easy on us. And then obviously with the, the talent we have at actually moving the ball, um, you know, the likes of Sermon as well. And I'm really big fan of Sermon and Saatchi Syme as well. Um, Saatchi, another one of our, you know, the, just the girls we drafted. Um, and Emily Borg, again, another one that's one of my favorites. I'm just going to run through names at times and just be like, they're one of my favorites. And then you eventually realize that I've run through every fucking player on a list and you'll go, David, they're all your favorites. And I'll be like, well, fucking fucking oath they are. Um, but yeah, just, um, you know, just we've got an identity as far as a, as a kind of how we we go into the field and we say, this is this is the Port Adelaide side. You're going to be playing, you know, there's going to be some tough tackling, some tough chasing. Deal with it. Bring what you can. And then beyond that, when we get the ball, we're going to uh, move with a little bit of skill and uh, skill by hands as well as some pretty good uh, skill by feet and, you know, kicks and and have the ability to score. And um, particularly with likes, you know, we've, we're obviously, you know, Gemma Houghton was such a key in those earlier weeks and she's going to be a key when she gets back. But having lost her, um, obviously, with that syndesmosis injury, to have found kind of other avenues, because it really was, you know, early on, we were, we were it felt like we just, you know, she was a key figurehead and obviously, and, and understandably so, but we've had to find other avenues to go and, and we've discovered, you know, more about ourselves through that. And that's just part of the journey as you're a new club. And, you know, with, you know, adversity like that hits, you have to do that. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, tomorrow's a game that I really look at as a first away win. Again, another first that can happen tomorrow. And I think it will happen. Um, I've got us by 20, I reckon. Um, don't ask me what I'm just saying. It just got us by 20. I think we'll, it's not going to be obviously as easy as last week, but I think we've we've found some confidence and we've got a side that's really ticking now. Um, you know, Erin Phillips um, is in great great nick and obviously one of the champions of our game. She's found more trust in and she's making everyone better again. And and you got you know again, Annie Ewings is already you know starting at the centre bounce and and getting massive clearance right from the off. Um, you know, Britt Brit Perry's coming in and providing a bit of height. Teaks as well, you know, just they've, they've taken that low off of, you know, Gemma Houghton's obvious out, you know, being out of the game and, you know, just just incredible um, how this side is built so quickly and that's one of the things, probably my most impressive thing about this season so far is how quickly um, we have built from a side that looked um, talented but unsure of who we were yet in that round one game and to beating a side, you know, the, the Sydney we allowed two points while scoring 10 goals out ourselves. Just incredible. The biggest, by the way, the biggest win um, by, biggest first win by a side in the competition. Previous regular was 47. So, you know, history in the making. It's not always all 119. Sometimes we get good ones too. And our AFLW ladies are certainly forging their own path in that sense. So, got us by 20 tomorrow and, um, you know, squaring the ledger as far as wins and losses and with that draw in there as well gets us... um, gets us actually slightly ahead of it and you know we start moving up the tail a little bit and halfway through the season you know still a little bit of work to get back into the obviously the top eight and all that stuff but you know you're not far off of it either if we can get the win tomorrow so that's really the chance we have in front of us is keep ourselves in touch with the uh the um top eight and um and with that draw in hand you know it's just it, it, it adds a little bit of spice in the mix as far as that goes too so 
really excited for tomorrow. I'm going to be working, so I'll probably I'll catch a replay. Um, but you know, really excited to watch and and see what we can do. I'm just the journey that the side is on is um, just so exciting, and and certainly they're building us with confidence with the performances like last week as well. So I'll take a quick break here and just touch on a bit of the AFL men's news uh, before we finish up this episode. All righty, so just touching on men's news quickly. Um, a few things over the next 10-15 minutes as I close this out. Um, first of all, just some positive stuff. Um, the fans M- MVP, you know, it's the thing we vote on every week. Um, Sam Powell Pepper, Pal Pepper has taken it out, which I think is a great testament to the year he's had, um, the rebuild he's had with his career. Um, obviously, incredibly happy for him off the field as well. Um, just seems to be happy, um, which is the most important thing. Um, I I try to preach this wherever I can. Is just um, you know get around what our you know boys and girls are doing off the field. Um, it's who they are as humans and what they do that makes them happy. And obviously, we want footy to be a part of that. But um, everything else around them is what builds into players being able to put their absolute self into being a good footy player is being happy everywhere else. And, you know, we've seen some Pal Pepper really um, just find himself off the field. And um, obviously, we're reaping the rewards on it. But the most important thing for me as a fan of, um, you know, people, <laughs> um, obviously, want our club to be successful. I love seeing... Pep's off the field happy and um and you know certainly on the field um you know just I'm not don't talk about personal stuff too much but um you know I've seen Pep and a couple of other players in um in the business that I helped run and um, he seemed really happy that day and um you know I said just say good day good big fan and um you know good luck going forward all that kind of stuff you do is you have a quick interaction with a player um but um. Yeah, I just really happy. You know, he he was genuinely happy. Seemed in good in a good place, and um, I that's what I love to see. And that's that 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 going, you know, translates into the season he's had, and um and long may it continue. But obviously for himself, um, to have a great life, um, going forward, um, seems happy off the field with his misses and his bubs. Um, but um, obviously on the field, if he's you know while he's loving playing footy and all that stuff, seeing that translate into a season like he's had, um, winning the MVP, um. And uh, it'll be interesting to see where he polls. He was one of our top vote getters in the Brownlow, which is cool to see. A um, player of his ilk. Um, sometimes, um, you know, sometimes they just miss out on the votes, but he's clearly catching the eye of the umpires, which I'd never see him as a Brownlow chance in that sense. But um, it's cool to see him getting some votes in those games as well. He's really catching the eye there. And um, it'd be really, you know, he would be one that would be right up there. I'd, and I've probably almost put my money on him for the, you know, the um, our best and fairest as well, just seeing how the season went. You know, Marshall's going to get votes, but he's, he you know, depends on these goal-scoring outputs, whereas Peps was right up there. And I think they said he polled in 18 out of 22 games as far as the fans' MVP votes go. So that bodes well for, you know, the, the um, best and fairest as well. So, yeah, wonderful for Peps. Um, I think Rosie was second and, and Boke third. So a great season for Rosie as well, obviously, all Australian and all that stuff, and Boke just always good. Um, but, uh, yeah, great for Peps to get that recognition. And and certainly, you know, all of us fans love him. He's a fan favourite, and, 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 and long may it continue. So 2023, um, continuing the uh, the season of Peps. All righty, so now in, um, you know, other news, I guess, uh, we obviously saw the news this week that Dunkley had declared Brisbane was his... Uh, choice uh, as far as going, um, you know, he, he obviously had the choice between us and Brisbane, it seemed, and um, he's gone with Brisbane. Um, now, it is intru- I don't know if, I think I saw someone on Twitter bring this up this week. I don't know what the um, pretty 
disgusting revelations about what potentially was going on at uh, Hawthorne in the years of Clarkson and Fagan, obviously. I'm not going to go into it too much apart from just say it's absolutely abhorrent and um, very clearly, I don't think I know people that listen to me for a long time and know who I am as a person. Um, I'm pretty serious about um, just changing the way Australians think about what's going on in the past and what's going on in the future and how we treat racism because it's, it's very institutionalised racism. Racism isn't just, you know, I hate, you know, indigenous people or whatever it's it's institutionalized um it's subtle it's um you know this stuff about um you know these guys possibly saying you know you need to get rid of the baby you know they, they say you know people might say well i didn't mean to race it's just like you're judging a certain people's relationship differently to you would judge you know luke hodge and his partner or something like that you know what i mean like it's just it's it's this kind of stuff now i'm, I'm not you know obviously you know fagan and Clarkson uh, denying this stuff and we'll see how it plays out I'm not gonna purge it purging myself or anything like that but um this stuff happens um and whether what's happened you know we'll find out the you know sometimes where there's these stories come out and then what they say I'm innocent and then usually it's the truth is somewhere in the middle and usually the story is actually it was there and it's just you know it's people's versions of how it happened but it, it happened you know and how people say it happened and so um you know I'm really, you know, it's frustrating to see that stuff happening, continue to happen anyway. But I think this is going to, it's going to happen more and more as, as we actually have to change the structure and institutions of how we act as Australians and purport ourselves and, and conduct business and how we talk to each other about other people and whatnot and how we discuss each other's relationships. We've got to get better at being culturally sensitive and understanding of people and who they are. And, and this stuff is going to, and don't, you know, I, I I constantly talk about how proud I am of what Port Doing does in the Indigenous space and what we do for general, you know, whether it be women's rights or Indigenous rights or whatever else. I see us as a club at the forefront of the good things in that space. But, you know, I'm, I'm never going to, you know, if this stuff comes out about Port Adelaide at some point, which I hope it doesn't, I don't expect it to. But um, I, you know, keep the same energy for that as well. But um, as I see it happening at other clubs, it's just, it's just sad and tragic. And... Um, you know, anyway, that's a tangent. I'm not going to go too much more into it. You can look it up and read it. It's trigger warning and everything about it because it's horrible to read. But um, anyway, I have seen people say, you know, because this stuff came out, what, one or two days after Dunkley um, declared his intentions for Brisbane. I genuinely don't know what that does for, uh, you know, if Dunkley looks and goes, because Dunkley's obviously going up there to play for Fagan and play and board into the what's building up there as well. And, you know, what does this news do for that? Because Fagan and Clarkson and all that stuff, you know, Clarkson's, delayed his start at North Melbourne for this which is a pretty major move and obviously we know the stature Clarkson's held in for his coaching so and the chase for Clarkson how massive that was as well it's just it's it's shaken the world of AFL so obviously you know you, we do have to sit there and look at it but I would expect Dunkley's looked into so much that I, I would think that maybe you know they he hopes that you know the players are all going to stay the same and all that stuff so maybe it's going to go anyway but it is an interesting question to raise but it does mean Rioli is still the only one that we've got um, as declared coming to port. Um, obviously, or wanting to come to port. I guess we've still got to work out the trades and stuff. But um, it leaves our uh, off-season intentions because so much has been put towards what are we going to give up for Dunkley and do we give up pick eight and are we going to have to do we can we you know use the AM on compo and stuff and well now it's um, don't have to worry about that at this stage until you know obvious. Um, you know, hypotheticals about what this new story does aside. So, um, yeah, again, I guess uh, there's a lot to play out. The grand finals just been played today. 
now we're going to get more into you know everyone the the off season has truly begun once the grand final's been being played and um yeah no, there's a lot to play out but um yeah i think a lot of people are talking about cozy pickett as well uh, my views on that um and i guess emboldened by conversations i've had personally in the last few days um i just don't think that's happening this year um but i think you know he's in contract for next year and i think that's the just the, the gist I've got from other people as well, and my, my own personal opinion on that was that was that too. I think you're more of a chance to get a player in a trade when they're out of contract. Obviously, the way free agency and stuff works here is different. You know, even if you're if you're out of contract, but if you're a newer player, you know, four year player or whatever, you still have to work at facil- facilitate a trade. But Cozzy is in contract this year for next year, um, so you'd have to facilitate a trade as well as you know the value of that year as well. So. You know Melbourne being, you know, they're in a premiership window. You know, if if Cozzy's going to go, um, they probably want to keep him for a year more and see what they can get next year out of him before they move him on. So, yeah, I just don't think I think you're, you know, people are worried about pay, paying overs for a guy like Dunkley out of contract. You, I just unless Cozzy kicks up a stink or something like, that, I just don't understand how it happens this year. Um, you know, because you're going to have to pay overs and overs um, for a player like that. Um, when they've still got a year in contract as well. So unless, you know, there's something happening in Melbourne that we don't know about and they're just they're just ready to move on. And I just cause he just doesn't seem like a player like that in that sense. That there's um, you know, you know you know, bad blood or anything like that in the water there. So yeah, I just think we're gonna be waiting until next year for that one. So Rioli's the realistic target for this year. well realistic he's he's actually the target, um and and ability it is an ability to get done this year as well. Um so yeah. You know, other lists, you know, the Francis and, and Co have been mentioned as well, but um, I might talk about that a bit more um, in an episode alone. But, um, yeah, that's uh, just my thoughts on those couple of things is I think, you know, Dunkley would have been a nice one to get, but, uh, you know, he's one of those ones I just... I think he I think he would have been a good one to get in a, a value a value add. Um, but saying that now that he's off the table, it's just we're not missing out either. I think it's just one of those players that if he wanted to come to Port, would have been good to get him and we would have been able to get him. But because he doesn't want to come to Port, it's also like, it's not, we, we're not throwing out, you know, he's an improvement to the squad, but it's not, he's not the one that, um, you know, it's not like we, we've got, I think we've got some development to happen in-house in our midfield as well that can, and bolster our chances next year as well. So, um, yeah, that's about it for today. I think I'm a bit knackered. Grand final day, drinking during the day, you know. There's <laughs> been a lot going on. I think there's probably a few things I wanted to touch on in this episode that I want, uh, I've forgotten to get to, but um, is what it is, eh? Um, anyway, Khan the pair. Khan the ladies tomorrow uh, get our second win on the board. Our first away win, continue the first for the inaugurals and um, continue a, what is, you know, a pretty fun season so far for our ladies and, uh, and a lot to build upon and a lot to love about what we're doing. Um, yeah, truly exciting side. Um, get around them. Um, watch the game if you get the chance, and and get around them as much as uh, as much as we do the lads. And uh, yeah, showdown next week as well. Um, Friday the thirtieth, showdown, Adelaide Oval, A4W showdown. Fucking keen for it. So I'll get a preview out for that this week as well. So you'll get an episode, in, um, you know, Wednesday-ish. I think I'm gonna aim for Wednesday, or maybe Thursday night after the outsides are released. Maybe 24 hours before the showdown, I'll get one out. So. Keep an ear out for that and um, get excited for it. But before that before that one, not looking too far ahead, we've got the Gold Coast tomorrow. So get the job done and, yeah, calm the pair. Thanks for listening as always. Uh, cheers.